0: Welcome back to another episode of Focus on K-12 EdTech and the Education Experience. I'm your host, Doug Conopelko, Education Strategist at CDWG. Collaboration is one of those skills that everyone agrees is important to teach in our schools. Sometimes, the lens we use when we talk about collaboration can end up in a conversation in cheating or collaboration. Today, I talk with the team from Lemonade Learning, Bree and Laney, about what this conversation looks like in our schools, and how we can drive forward this culture of collaboration.
1: My name is Lainey Rao, and I'm super excited to be here. Thanks for having us. I am an educator, an author, a podcaster, former classroom teacher, and district leader, and now I am a full-time consultant, and my biggest client is Orange County Department of Ed, but I get to travel all over, and well, usually. (laughs) So Yeah. um, yeah, so that's kind of my education journey. It's um, It's been really fun and I get to collaborate with amazing people like Bree. Yay. Well, I'll just take that
2: baton. We just did like a nice little handoff. So I'm Brianna Hodges and I um, am also an educator, podcaster, not an official author, but author of lots of things, just not a for real, for real, like I don't have an ISBN number yet, Um, but um, I am a lifelong learner, um, uh, lover of story and experience and all kinds of things, Um, former uh, classroom teacher, former district administrator, um, full-time consultant, uh, which... I think, you know, I, I kind of go from um in the classroom, I used to I, I taught writing and so we would try to condense our thoughts, right? So you would go from like the big, you know, the half sheet of paper down to the index card, then down to the um down to, to the post-it note. And so I kind of want to invert that of like I went from the classroom to then the district, and now I'm like on the half sheet of paper where I get to look at that from a national lens and 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 see what learning is like you know um from from uh from a little bit of a bigger um perspective uh if you will but the the beautiful thing about that is it still comes down to um you know a personal exchange between um learner and and teacher and uh whether that doesn't i always say that doesn't matter um whatever age and stage you're at, right? Like a teacher and a learner are whatever age and stage. Uh, so um, I, I am thrilled to get to be here, especially with my Laney love and um, uh, yeah. So let's just dive in and see uh, what else we could do. Oh, I will say I'm also remiss if I don't mention that. Um, I'm also super fortunate to get to uh, be future ready faculty and uh, and work with uh, with that incredible team um, and in school districts across. So thanks
0: for having us. Absolutely. And for folks who don't know, you know, like I think of the Captain Planet thing, right? Our powers mm-hmm. combined. So your powers combined to make Lemonade Learning, right? Which is how uh, we originally got in touch. That's your show and people should definitely check it out if they're not already familiar. Uh, but both of you have had uh, a lot of different experiences in education. And what we find is a lot of times when we shift a perspective to your point, when your lens changes, you shift a perspective, like the same activity can be seen very differently, right? And the way that we were talking about it before was this idea of uh, collaboration, right? So if I am a teacher and I am helping a teacher down the hall on something that we're doing for the school, that's collaboration. If I'm a student who is helping another student on an assignment, uh, and that assignment wasn't specifically given to the two of us, then that's cheating, right? So I think that, you know, there's that idea of the, the lens shifting, making a big difference. So talk to me a little bit about, you know, some of your your background and your work that you've seen over the years, and how that reflects that sort of duality of the collaboration versus cheating.
2: I'll jump in on this one and say that, um, so, so I've run into this conversation a lot. Um, and, and it's really, really interesting because from a teacher lens, from that educator lens, uh, you know, we, we, we kind of put cheating up there as like one of the seven deadly sins. Like it is certainly not something that we condone and that we, you know, allow to happen plagiarism, cheating, bad mojo things will happen, right? And so we're, we're very fearful of that mainly because we want to be able to assess the individual students' learning process as authentically as we can. And so how can we, how can we assess them? How can we help them if we don't know what they know at that, at that point? And, um, and, and so, you know, we've put in all of these different ways to, um to prevent cheating, right? Like, so I, I think back in the day, I'm going to age myself back in the day of like sitting in elementary school and we made like, the barricades, right? Like you would take your folder, your trapper keeper, and you would like set it up all around you so that no one could see like what your work was. Right. And, um, and you wouldn't let anybody, you know, um, see your paper, or any of that kind of stuff. And that was encouraged by our teachers, right? Like they were like, yes, block off your work. Let no one see you. Like we move forward into, you know, secondary schools, um, middle school, high school where, you know, everybody's like, trying to balance all of these different pieces with uh, your extracurricular activities. And what if you didn't get this finished or whatever, and then you like grab your friend's spiral or your friend's, you know, worksheet, and then you're like madly filling it in. And, um, and so, you know, what does that look like and how do we kind of move forward? Because at the same time, whenever we get into secondary school, we start talking about study groups and study hall and how can we, you know, peer peer group and peer collaborate, and peer tutor and all these different pieces. And so I, I think that one of the pieces um, that I, I always use with, with educators is I ask them like, show me what cheating looks like. And it really confuses people at first. And so I'm like, all right, I'll show you what I believe cheating looks like, which is me sitting in my desk and going, you and then Lainey like, you know, gives me the hand signal for whatever it is or, or, or that kind of thing. Because And, and I'm like, what's the goal? What's the motivation? The motivation is I just need the answer. Like, don't give me any explanation. We don't have time for that. All I care about is giving me the exact answer that I need. There is no exchange of information. If I ask, what does collaboration look like? Collaboration is an exchange of information, right? It's like, this is what I think this is. What do you think? And then you offer your ideas or I'm not understanding this part. Can you help me figure it out? And so it's truly learning in action, right? Like it doesn't matter how old that person is, that's giving that information. Like if it's a peer situation, which is often where we get the most quality learning, right? Because they're the closest um, from proximity to to knowledge. Um, uh, uh, So they're able to explain it in ways that, that somebody who's known it for a lot longer, quite and so uh you know you're getting that true collaborative experience and that's what we're after right like we've said over and over again in and, and, and research project after research project has shown that collaboration is one of the most highly sought after soft skills that we have you know that that, that we're looking for in um in the world globally in, in our in our workforce how do we help prepare our kids for what collaboration is? At, you know, it, to, to be successful as um, as 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 global adults, right? Like we want them to collaborate, but how do we get them there if they're setting their trucker trucker keepers up all the time, right? Like I I, I can't imagine that at Google, right? Like, like can you see like all the little you know things lined up? And so I think that that's. Like that's something to grapple with a lot of like how do we break that down? So, Laney, what do you think?
1: You know, as you're talking, I'm thinking about the theoretical framework that I often design through is that community of inquiry, and how can we have that teacher presence, that social presence, and that cognitive presence? And so, um, you know, the the trapper keeper for the high stakes testing, you know, that's you know that that's a tough one, and that's a reality. And that's our, our current reality is we still have those high stakes testing. But what to me is the most beneficial in a community of learners is the formative assessment and the benchmarks, right? And so, uh, really, for me, probably even more so the formative assessment. So, in this community of inquiry where I'm trying to build this social and cognitive presence, you know, I'm the teacher, I'm designing, I'm facilitating. But I also want to really make sure there's this social presence where we're having these interpersonal relationships where that collaboration is really good and really strong and not just the, okay, in the group of four, two people are working really hard and two people are kind of kicking back. Like that's part of my teacher presence is to make sure that social presence is happening, um, that those interpersonal relationships are working really well. And then the third one, that cognitive presence where we're co-constructing meaning. And like you mentioned earlier, Brie, we know that this, you know, learning is a social thing. And so the peer instruction that you mentioned, so valuable when we can co-construct that meaning, that is when it's really going to stick. And so that's going to show up on the high stakes testing. Um, But that's, that's, that's something that we have to do. That's my focus is on the formative the, and, you know, how am I preparing them for the benchmarks and the high stakes? But my focus is on how are we going to like co-construct? So community of inquiry is what I was thinking as you were talking about that, because that's all about collaboration.
0: Yeah. Okay. I, I, it took me also to the idea of process versus product, right? Yes. So a lot of times when we're talking about learning, we're really people are, are caught in this idea of sort of learning as a, as a product, as a final end goal, <laughs> right? But really what, what we know from, from being in the classroom and having those conversations and, and driving that work is that what we're really concerned with is the process, right, and, and understanding what I can do as a learner and what I can do uh, you know, with the skills that I have rather than with this one uh, sort of direct piece of knowledge. Right. So when we're when in your example, Brie, the idea of, you know, cheating, being somebody whispering to someone next to them, just to try to get an answer. Right. Whereas collaboration is we have this project and we're working together hand in hand the whole way. Right. So the, the, the product follows. Right. That process. But the process is really where the learning happens, not in like showing that last prod, uh, product off.
2: So, so, the English nerd in me is going to say that the difference is a product is a is a noun, right? So knowledge is a noun, like it's it is something that has been acquired. The process is learning, and our whole goal of education is learning. It's not to, have, you know, it, it it's not it, the goal of education is not proving what you already knew it is growing through the process it is grow. it is learning it's the verb it's the the state of constantly taking all of this information processing it you know synthesizing it um cognitively breaking it down and creating new meaning or metacognition or all these different elements and and it that only exists when you have that co-construction when you have those perspectives when you have you know all of these Different elements that come into it, because otherwise we just have a massive groupthink, right? Where it's just like every single person are not not groupthink. I'm sorry, but like massive like echo t- chamber, right? Where it's just like everyone is saying the exact same thing. There is no room for diversity of thought, diversity of experience, diversity of culture. There's like no room for that, which is completely opposite of the goal of learning. And so I, I think, yeah, like we have to be able to introduce those elements so that we can better understand and synthesize and, and really relate to what we're learning. Right. Cause I think that that's a part of it. Otherwise you've just memorized and been told what to think you, you know, if you, if you really want to learn something, you have to be able to, um, to, to, to make it your own, to personalize it and to, to bring that in. And that only happens when you're like defending it with, with your friends, right? Like you're like, you're batting it back and forth and being like, well, this is what I think. Oh, okay. Well, this is what I think. Oh, well, you know what? That sort of makes sense. I think that too. And, you know, being able to kind of like have some of those good, con- you know, continual conversations that aren't just lather, rinse, repeat. This is always the perfect situation where this will happen. And when you try it every single time, you will always come out with this one answer. Cause I've yet to see that actually happen in in real life, um, but that's that's what we treat them as.
1: Well, yeah. I, I sorry, I love what, I just love what she's saying because I'm actually can I quote Bree back to Bree because she'll often say we need to teach kids how to think, not what to think. And I think that as we're really getting kids to truly collaborate, we've got to clearly define those expectations. And I mean co-create. I mean like an ongoing conversation about what this looks like because I do think some kids and adults have trouble with like what you're talking about breathe this discourse. And we want to have that. We want people to be able to have these conversations, um, but we have to really set the stage for that. So I think that that's, I love what you're saying. I'm quoting you back to you. Perfect.
2: Very
0: meta.
1: Yeah. Thank you, Lainey. That was like
2: a matrix experience for me. All of a sudden.
0: Yeah. The, the metacognition, this is a meta Brie on this one. So the, the other thing that you made me think of there was, Um, it was something that I think it was Chris Lehman who, who runs the science leadership Academy in, and I want to say it's Philadelphia, uh, had once either presented or said, and it was something along the lines of like, if I give out, you know, instructions and get 35 back of the same thing, right. That's a, that's a recipe, right. Right. There's like, I I shouldn't be wanting to get back the exact same thing when I'm working in learning with the students in the classroom, right. We should, how things get expressed. How things end up, right? If I assign something, I should want to get back 35 different things, right? Because that shows, uh, to your point, that there is diversity of voice, diversity of experiences, diversity of cultures that all weigh into the work that we end up showing. So I
2: love it. <laughs> believe it or
0: not, we are already at time So I want to thank both of you so much for being here. Uh, The Lemonade Learning crew on Focus on K-12. So thank you so much for being here and spending some time with us.
1: Thank you, Doug. It's been so fun. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you.
0: Thanks for joining us today on Focus on K-12, EdTech and the Education Experience. If you enjoyed today's show, please subscribe and consider leaving us a rating or a review. If you'd like to contact us about the show, please reach out to me on Twitter at theconapelco, or send us an email at focusonk12 at cdw.com. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next time as we focus on K-12.